We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free stay. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. I am your host, Kyle Banduho, and we are back to movies. Uh, We are really a one-week reprieve, actually, because we're talking Ted Lasso one final time next week. But uh, we're we're getting back into it. Me and my guy, Danny Weiser, the co-host of the Rankings podcast, uh, diving into a movie that's absolutely a sports movie on multiple fronts, which we'll get into uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean was voted in to be covered by our Big Screen Sports Patreon group. And we want to shout out our big show producer level patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D, Ryan Yeager, Mike Dries, Chris Mykoski, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zacharias, Classic Stadium Fire, Jason Alba, Stephen DeBow, Dan McFall, Kevin Inkelman, Mac Lindsay, Kurt Ritchie, Robert Dove, Jim Scroggs, Andrew Teagle, Real One Balagoon, Jeff Estes, and Anthony Scaffone. Big thanks to them and all of our patrons for supporting this show. If you want to support the show, go to Patreon dot com slash big screen sports and patrons are really going to be picking the schedule for for quite a little bit uh, i think i've mentioned on some previous episodes we've got quite a backlog of movies that the patrons have voted on to be covered that uh, were pushed to the side because of the ted lasso season so we got a lot of those coming up i mean really great ones honestly a lot of uh a lot of good choices by the patreon patrons get to nominate movies they get to vote on movies sometimes i'll throw out a poll of stuff that's having an anniversary or stuff i want to see um we are going to have the first big screen sports live watch coming up here soon now that ted lasso is rolled out so uh, a lot of good stuff coming up uh here on here on big screen sports even with the end of the Ted Lasso season. So I hope some of you folks who are new will stick around, join us, uh, you know, walk us through talking some movies. We'll get right into it. Uh, me, Danny Weiser, again, everyone go check out the rankings. One of my favorite podcasts, just the best idea for a podcast. Danny will get into it here, here in this intro, but uh, it's me, it's Danny talking Pirates of the Caribbean, the curse of the Black Pearl. All right, returning to big screen sports. We are we're back to movies, which is weird. This is a, a almost a throwback talking talking movies on the show. But returning, joining 
me tonight from the rankings, Danny Weiser. Danny, welcome back to Big Screen Sports. Uh, this is awkward. I only prepared Ted Lasso stuff. I thought we had just I thought we had surprise, folks. shifted into permanent Ted Lasso <laughs> podcast. I was really excited. But sure, I'll get, I'll talk about a movie. That's fine. We're actually going to be reading uh, an errands of grievances, grievances against the Ted Becca folks um, <laughs> who are just some of the most toxic people on the internet. Uh, but no, we're we're back talking movies uh, until next week when I think we're back talking Ted Lasso <laughs> for one more episode. And then we're back talking movies. Uh, but Danny, before we get into it, tell the folks. Tell the folks about the rankings, one of my favorite podcasts. Thank you. It's so dumb. It's, it's we, <laughs> me, and, me and my buddy slash uh, arch enemy Ty McGowan, uh, we were part of the Mad About Movies Discord, and I sent him a message saying, hey, we argue a lot. That's kind of funny. You want to turn it into a podcast, as white men are wont to do. Um, and yes. we, we decided that we really enjoyed ranking random topics. So we do a lot of movie episodes. We do sports episodes, the occasional food episode. We just did, uh, we ranked things that would send a Victorian era child into a coma, uh, which was one of Love our that. more random ones that, that ended up being really fun. But yeah, we just, we rank stuff. We do a lot of like fantasy draft type stuffs. Uh, you're our crime guy. So anytime we have a crime related episode, you are gracious and generous enough to to come on the show with us so yeah it's super totally sure that won't be used against me in court one day dude if you if you had any idea what was on my search history for this show it's i am on (laughs) so many lists that's that's a problem well uh folks go check out the rankings again one of my my absolute favorite podcast uh danny i'm thrilled that you're back on this show this is the first time that we're doing a traditional big screen sports Mm -hmm. episode talking a movie and as folks know uh we have the big screen sports patreon group which are amazing love the patrons and throughout this ted lasso run we have still been running polls picking movies because patrons typically get to pick one to two movies a month on this show but we have we have a backlog we have a lot of patron selected movies that have not been picked since we've been watching uh, a lot of AFC Richmond. So we're we're getting going on that. We're starting to chip away, and we are starting with a classic, one of my favorites. And because piracy is a sport, as selected by the Big Stream Sports Patreon group tonight, we are talking about Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, the 2003 action-adventure. Blacksmith Will Turner teams up with eccentric pirate Captain Jack Sparrow to save his love, the governor's daughter, from Jack's former pirate allies who are now undead. It was directed by Gore Verbinski, uh, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. Danny, this movie rips. It absolutely yeah. it only gets an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, but this, for me, was one of the first movie theater experiences. I saw this, I guess, I, when I was 12 years old, mm-hmm. 12 or 13 years old. This was one of the first movie theater experiences where I walked out and was like shaken how stunned I was at how good this was. Because remember, this was a this was a movie that was based off a Disney World ride, Disneyland ride, and I mean it. It's shocking how how good this movie is. Revisiting it and and your first watch, what you know, take me back. Yeah, this is the first time I'd seen it in, gosh, probably a decade. I'd been really do for a rewatch and my i have crippling adhd so it was basically a first time watch for me so that was a very very fun experience it's it it's weird when you think about it in the lens of they made this big franchise of movies based on 
a Disneyland ride. Like you wouldn't think that would have any reason to work, but it's pirates. Like you, there's not a lot of stories you can tell based on pirates that aren't going to be like at least pretty interesting just because pirates are cool. (laughs) So it just, as long as you cast like the right person to, to take the lead and have like an interesting few characters, that are leading your show for you or your movie for you. You're going to make a cool pirate movie. It's not that hard. Um, and they, they nailed it. This rips. Yeah. It's interesting. This, this, it's kind of looked at as IP because you know, it's based off this Disney ride. They've made a shit ton of much less successful sequels off this. Um, you know, Johnny Depp has made this movie, his entire personality, um, which is, which is weird, which we'll talk about, but like, this is, a incredibly simple movie. It is a action adventure pirate movie with a fun supernatural, but not too complex premise, which I think is where the other, the uh, other movies really slip up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it gets a little too far off the, the beaten path and it's, it's just fun. It's really fun. The, the score, like everything we'll get into it. I, let's talk about depth and what, mm-hmm. and what this is, because again, he has made Johnny Depp is very eccentric to say the least. He has certainly had his problems. He has made this character, his personality, but at the time, this was such an incredible revelation. Like honestly, like he was nominated for best actor for this movie. And I love it because this is not an imitation or anything. This is, he invented a character kind of based off Keith Richards, but essentially invented this character. And it is one of the more beloved, unique cool characters developed in cinema in the last 20 years. Yeah. He's Depp is the perfect amount of weird for something like this. Like you can't, you can't bring in like a Leonardo DiCaprio for something like this because they're going to like crush it probably, but they're going to follow what's on the page. Um, Johnny Depp is so incredibly weird. Everything about him is so weird. And I think you need so weird for this character. Otherwise it's just kind of a generic, like, guy who says r and drinks a lot of you know what i mean like it is drinking rum and has a peg like which is like every other pirate that we've ever seen um he just it he's so unique and weird that is perfect for this character and so wrong for like i feel like most of the other characters he's ever played in his life so yeah this is just kind of the perfect storm for that weirdo yeah so the 2004 Academy Awards, 76th Annual Academy Awards. Uh, Best Actor, Sean Penn wins for Mystic River. I can't think of a more different role than Captain Jack Sparrow. Um, Is that my daughter in there? Uh, Ben Kingsley's nominated for House of Sand and Fog. Jude Law for Cold Mountain. Bill Murray for Lost in Translation, which I rewatched recently and is excellent. And then Johnny Depp. Like, Listen, I love like I wouldn't have hated it if Johnny Depp came away with an Oscar for this role just because of how unique a role it is. Now, if you look at what has followed and how much again he was he's always been he's always gone into different roles, like Edward Scissorhands, um, you know, things things of that nature. He's never he never played things like completely straight. Like he's always been a little odd, but it's like Everything else, there's like Sweeney Todd and Rango, where he's essentially Jack Sparrow, but an animated lizard. <laughs> but a, lizard um, yeah. a bunch of a bunch of pirates movies. I mean, he's made a ton of bank off this. Uh, you know, the the Lone Ranger, which was horrendous. Awful. I mean, what is what is is this peak Johnny Depp for you? Yeah, and I don't think it's close. I don't really like Johnny Depp. Um, 
regardless of as a person, I'm not even taking that into consideration. I just mean like as an actor. Yeah, um, I think we have to put all of that stuff aside or yeah. it will will be on this podcast for an hour. Like yeah. jo- Johnny Depp has had some problems. Yeah, not taking not taking his like personality, his real life personality into account. As an actor, I don't really like him. He's because he's weird. And in a lot of roles that don't call for being overly weird or a lot of roles that are not the kind of weird that I think is interesting uh, on screen. Um, but this is, again, this is the perfect storm for him. So it's this, and I don't think there's a close second for me. Yeah. I, um, blow was the movie, like everyone in college, like you just watch a bunch of blow and you're like, yeah, George Jung, like, hell yeah. But like, you know, fear and loathing in Las Vegas, just that movie. I understand that for some people that movie's a big deal. That movie just gives me anxiety. (laughs) Um, you know, Donnie Brasco is really good that, you know, so, but the, you're right. The, I mean, this is easily it easily for, for Johnny Depp. And he carries this movie. Like this movie is really good. It's actually really well cast. A lot of bit players do good things, but Depp is the, is the, the straw that stirs the drink. He is, I mean, he, and he is, they put this entire franchise on his shoulders. Like if there was a pirates of the Caribbean movie that didn't involve him, um, or, you know, and just involved like Orlando Bloom's character. Boring. No one, no one would care. Yeah. Boring. He's well, Orlando Bloom hot, but is so much more standard of like a generic pirate that it doesn't really yeah. matter. Yeah. Very hot, which we'll get into. But before we do that, let's take a quick ad break. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, and we're back from ad break. And that wasn't just any ad break. That was a a four-day tornado watch ad break uh, because little little inside baseball for everyone uh, right as we basically started recording Danny had to go shelter in place so Danny tell the folks did you live through those tornadoes yeah I uh, I had to give you like the old school timeout signal because we're on a we're on a zoom call right now just and usually say, hey. in podcasting <laughs> that happens and it's like hey I've got to go let my dog in or hey like you know I gotta go check like someone's at the door real quick but no this was a fucking tornado. Yeah, yeah. At one point, we had uh, a tornado 10 miles north of us and about eight miles southwest of us at the same time. Uh, So that was cool. I just loaded up in my truck, threw a bunch of sensors in the middle of it, as one does, watched a cow fly around my head. Uh, You know, you got to entertain yourself in small town North Texas somehow. 
Uh, and that's how we do it here. We chase tornadoes and get scientific data with our good friend Philip Seymour Hoffman. Man, that movie, movie it rips. rips. It's Dude, really good. Sequel with Glenn Powell coming? Are you kidding me? Very much looking forward to it. But talking, uh, let's get back talking Pirates. Uh, it, Danny, is this a Hall of Fame all-star starter or bench warmer, let's just say, sports movie in air quotes? Yeah. I, yeah, pirate pirate is sports, so that's yeah. You don't have to convince uh, me that piracy is a sport. Um, there's some other like there's certainly some parkour in this one that is a sport. A lot of long distance swimming. Like this, this might be one of the better swim movies of time. Yeah, certainly certainly a sport. Um, I'm I'm between two. I for me, this is an all star movie. Um, it's really close to to a Hall of Fame movie for me. I have a hard time ignoring the movies that come after this that I don't think are really very good. Like they're okay, and then they just kind of get worse. So this for me, it's all star. But if this is just like standalone by itself, the others don't exist. I think it's a Hall of Fame pirate movie for me. This is the only Pirates two. I think it's Dead Man's Chest. The only take of about that that I'll have on this pod. But I think that movie strangely like gets progressively worse. Like as the movie goes mm-hmm. on, like it it starts out like pretty decent the first half, and then it just gets worse and worse and worse and kind of loses itself. But uh, this for me is a Hall of Fame movie. Just as this is one of my favorites, and for what it is like we were we were talking about this earlier and when i say earlier a couple days ago about (laughs) about like there just needs to be more movies like this that it's just simple like simple pirate adventure and it it passes this test of can you make an entertaining movie about a pretty simple concept like this one does not get too in the weeds which i think the other ones have a big time problem with and it it it's incredible. It's amazing that it doesn't get to in the weeds because it literally is about like undead pirates that turn into skeletons via moonlight. But still, like it all tracks the whole time. Yeah, it, they keep it. They keep it really, really simple. Um, and and we'll get into that when we get into kind of like what worked. Uh, a couple couple fun IMDb trivia facts for you on this one, and I'm I'm interested. I'm, I'm looking forward to just seeing your face when I read these off. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this one is, is more just like I, I read this. It's like, oh, interesting. Uh, according to the screenwriter's commentary on the DVD, Will Turner is the best swordsman in the film. Barbosa and Commodore Norrington are evenly matched, and Jack Sparrow is actually the worst. I feel like that tracks. Yeah, I can see it. Will said he – didn't he say he practices three hours a day while also making them? So that that fully makes sense. And Jack, Jack Sparrow is too drunk to be a good swordswriter, so – yeah, and and he's like uh, Jack Sparrow is like a crafty lefty. Like he's yeah. pulling, you know, he sprays Will with all that stuff. He, you know, he's looking for different angles to to get someone out with the sword. He's not, he's yeah. not like a, a marksman with if, that. It's thing. like if Tom Glavin was hammered, it's Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Tom Glavin just slamming rum in the dugout. Okay, <laughs> this one I I got a couple casting ones, and okay. these are these are these are heat. Robert De Niro was offered the role of Captain Jack Sparrow, but he that the De movie, Niro. This listen, this is IMDb. I feel like anyone could put anything on here, but but he declined. Not Downey. Yeah, he declined. Well, so Downey is in the fucking in the shit when this movie is going on. They would oh, they would have true. had to that's yeah good. they would have had to post bail. I I think Downey was like uninsurable at that point. Um. Yeah. Yeah, so he declined, thinking the movie wouldn't do well in the box office as many other pirate movies in the past. Not great, cause cause Bob has been Bob has been working for a check for like twenty years too. You imagine Grandpa De Niro just awkwardly stumbling and shouting his way through this movie. 
That would be awful. It'd be that terrible. Would suck. Well, so the the fun lore about this movie and the thing that everyone likes about the Sparrow, you know, the Sparrow character and the Depp performance is that he they wanted more of a straight laced pirate, like a straightforward classic pirate, and he turned it into this hit like rock star pirate kind of inspired by Keith Richards. Yeah. That was the lore around it. And then like, he was like, wait, I'm actually this person. I'm going to live like this. But it it's interesting <laughs> thinking about what this would have been. If not, you know, if, if Robert De Niro takes this role and both he and Barbosa are both straight lace pirates or like this other fact before the film was made, the Disney company considered making this a direct to video film with uh, Carrie, Carrie Elwes, I always fuck Elwes, yeah, and yeah. Christopher Walken being the top choices for the role of Captain Jack Sparrow. Christopher, I just if if Robert De Niro or Carrie Elwes are Jack Sparrow in this movie, it's Jungle Cruise. We're getting Jungle Cruise, where it's just like this is a movie that exists, and I don't hate it, but it's fine. But like without without Depp as kind of that X factor, making it weird, making it interesting. Like this is the most standard, boring, whatever movie ever, I think. Yeah. And I think that's exactly how you described jungle cruise when we were talking about, cause they're the movies based on Disney, yeah. Disneyland or Disney world rides. There's this, there's jungle cruise, which is one of the first let's go back to the theater and watch a movie, especially like right. if you're like me and you had a, a, a kid um, haunted mansion with Eddie Murphy, which is kind of, it's in that, you know, Eddie started to slide. Uh, they made a country bears. Do you remember the country bears? No, Cause I didn't remember the country all. bears. Uh, and then Tomorrowland with Clooney, which I didn't see, yeah. but like Tomorrowland is a part of Disney world. So, uh, or magic kingdom in, in Disney world. So it's, it's interesting that all of those movies are kind of either met to bad and jungle cruise being like jungle cruise tries in some way to be this, but it just doesn't, doesn't have as much charisma behind it. Yeah. Um, nothing gets Emily Blunt in the rock, but it's just like, again, like a plot that gets to in the weeds. And we're not, we're not here to talk about jungle cruise, but this was like, I really think this was lightning in a bottle yeah. with how they did this. And especially because it was also, it was very unexpected. Like this was high budget, had a lot of marketing behind it and things like that. But for this to be as good as it was, was, was very unexpected. Uh, there's one more casting IMDB, which is a, an absolute heater. Okay. Uh, when the ca- when casting for the role of Will Turner, it was down to Orlando Bloom or Heath Ledger. Oh, sh- okay. So that would have ruled. Would have been would have been great. So Gore Verbinski chose Bloom because he heard he was in the Lord of the Rings trilogy and felt he would be a more bankable choice. Which like fair. The Lord of the yeah, which fair, but Heath Ledger in this would have would have ripped. Yeah, would have been incredible. Where where are you at on Orlando Bloom? Uh, <laughs> it's hard to say anything bad about him because he was in Lord of the Rings, which is uh, my favorite yes. trilogy property of all time. He's fine. He's handsome. Fine. He looks. He's hot as hell. He very looks, handsome. But very handsome. Still handsome. Yeah. Like still, still good looking. Has aged very well. Still is. But he hit a home run being cast as Legolas, which frankly, like he didn't have to do a lot. Legolas is pretty muted. Um. He hit a home run being cast as Will Turner, which this isn't like I think like there were probably 40 actors in Hollywood at the time that could have really done a really good job as Will Turner, which he did, too. He was one of them. I think he did great, but not the most difficult role to play. 
Outside of that, though, like, am I missing a bunch of stuff, or has Orlando Bloom just kind of been around his whole career? Yeah, uh, he was in. Remember when Cam- uh, Cameron Crowe's Elizabeth Town? Yeah, I he was in that. that. That's when I was like, let's see if let's see if uh, Orlando Bloom can be a romantic lead. To borrow from uh, my favorite movie podcast, The Rewatchables, this is absolutely his apex. Yeah, between. Lord of the Rings happening right now, pirates happening right now, specifically this movie. Like this is, if there was ever going to be a time where he could have conquered the world, mm-hmm. it was it was now. It was two thousand three when when Pirates of the Caribbean came out. Yeah, he's just he's all right. Like he's fine. He's not uh, offensive on screen. I don't think I've ever seen him as an actor and been like, wow, he just ruined that scene for me or anything. But he's just he's just there. He's just being a hot guy, filling up space and you know kind of being an exaggerated version of the same character you know what i mean so yeah it's interesting he's in so many of my favorite a lot of my favorite movies Mm -hmm. but none of them my favorite because of him like the lord of the rings trilogy i love black hawk down do you Mm -hmm. remember he Mm -hmm. uh he he's the guy who falls out of the copter he literally almost does nothing in the movie because he falls out of the, the black hawk um, I love, I still love Troy. Yeah. Uh, Troy is a ridiculous movie. You know, the, actually the, the best Orlando Bloom movie and probably the best he's been, have you seen the director's cut of kingdom of heaven? Yeah. It's been a long time, but yeah. A fucking banger. That one is probably like, that was, they put, put the ball in his hands and that movie didn't do well and wasn't well reviewed, but like the director's cut bangs. Mm-hmm. Isn't that movie like four and a half hours long or something wild? Yeah, the director's cut is very long. That's why, like, most, unless you're a psycho, most people, man, whatever, like, he needs to buy a boat and just name it Franchise IP. (laughs) Because he is in one, two, three, four, five Lord of the Rings movies between this and The Hobbit. He is in one, two, three, four. Four Pirates of the Caribbean movies. So that is nine franchise IP movies. Massive franchise IP movies. Yeah. Yeah. And massive. Like, yeah. Again, he's pretty, he's okay in all of them, but he's a lot better as being like the stepping stone for the actually really good actors to shine. You know what I mean? Like he's not taking, he's not taking much attention away from the Johnny Depp kira knightley or like literally anybody else in the lord of the rings but he's not like diminishing their performances either like he's helping their them look better but him he himself he's just he's fine he's hot and doing an okay job out there and that's good enough for me yeah i couldn't do it couldn't be (laughs) me big same yeah couldn't be me (laughs) um okay let's get to three up Three things that worked about this. And again, for folks, you know, it's been a while. Some of you may have picked on, after, you know, caught on with us after Ted Lasso. Um, you know, the section used to just be what worked, and we would talk about everything that worked in the movie. Sometimes it would get a little off track. We shifted it into three up, just like in three up, three down, three things. But again, it's, there are no rules. It's a podcast. There are no rules here. So what, you know, what are all the things that worked for you on this one? What, what stands out? What are like the headliners? Yeah. I love a theme. I think the, the change is good by the way, to three of three down. Um, thank you, sir. First thing, it, I think it looks awesome. The ships, the clothes, the characters, it's exactly what I want. Pirates and pirate ships and rich British assholes and like dirty skeleton pirates. It's exactly what I want it all to look like for this kind of movie. I think it looks just killer. 
There's literally, there's almost no CGI. Really, the only CGI is the pirates. Yeah, is the skeleton pirates. Like every yeah. we we're getting actual ships in the water, actual explosions. Again, it is such like it's. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. I just talking about this generally in life and on this show when we get to that. But it is so refreshing going back and seeing a movie that is just straight up like actual visual effects or you know actual yeah. like non CGI they yeah, like practical th- effects. That's why I mean practical effects. Yeah. yeah. That's that's why people are pumped for Oppenheimer. That's why like watching every Christopher Nolan movie is sick. Because the practical effects, the lack of CGI, like it is it is glaring. It looks even this movie looks amazing twenty yeah. years later. Yeah. Yeah, which was shocking. But like the the ships themselves are a, if they don't get those right then the movie looks bad. That all looks awesome. The costumes all look awesome. The actors are cast well, I think. Yeah, it just was kind of shocked at 20 years later. Like, this looks so good. That was the very first thing to jump out at me. Um, the My next next one is like Johnny Depp and Keira Knightley, specifically, are so good in this. Yeah. Th- this is the role that Depp was born to play, the way he speaks, the way he runs, his weird little mannerisms, his weird little sayings. They're also weird in a very good way, specifically for him and this character. Uh, and Kira Knightley, too. I think she really stands out as, like, equal to Johnny Depp and well above anybody else in this cast. She's so, so good in this. And only 17 at the time of filming, which just makes it doubly impressive. Yeah, I will add in uh, Jeffrey Rush to that, who is yeah. going for it and is the perfect villainous pirate. It's interesting that all of these were kind of like character archetypes that were around, really. Like yeah. besides mm-hmm. the the Jack Sparrow thing is kind of an invention of its own kind. But if you thought the villain in a pirate movie, you would think Jeffrey Rush's portrayal of Barbosa, but it's mm-hmm. not like it buys into that kind of character styling but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel bland it doesn't feel recycled like it still feels very fresh very like and that's what happens when you put an oscar i I can't winning or nominated actor like i know he's been nominated before like when you put an actor of that caliber in that role it just elevates the the movie and he's he's fantastic but cat really the whole cast everyone is really really good and i mean you have you know you have a ton of actors who are either at the at the precipice like Kira Knightley has gone on to have a fantastic career she's been Oscar nominated you have you know Jonathan Price who I think everyone grew to hate as the high sparrow in uh in in Game of Thrones and and in a bunch of other stuff and like Jack Davenport is as Norrington like just Zoe Saldana young Zoe Saldana in this yeah. movie uh which you know there's a category with her name on it later uh, <laughs> but just everyone like it, it's incredibly well cast oscar winner jeffrey rush who won a best uh, leading actor in 1997 for shine which is a movie i've never heard of but he did win so. okay i'm just i'm glad it wasn't the king speech because that movie <laughs> wasn't my favorite um yeah the the thing for me like i had the how it looks written down the the casting the score the score in this thing. movie yep. is a fucking banger. It rips so hard. I Hans every Zimmer, dude. dude the the every it, it elevates every single scene. It, it it is what I think of when I think of this movie. And it's not just it's not just when you you have 
you know, when it, when it's the pirate battle or it's, you know, uh, the, the sword fights and stuff like that. And it's like going well at that, but it's even like when, uh, you know, when Jack Sparrow's boat is coasting in to land yeah. when he, with the, our introduction to Jack Sparrow and like the, the, even like the more, um, you know, I'm terrible at describing mu- music, but like the lighter, you know, the lighter yeah. touches and it's just kind of string oriented. It's all really good. Carries the whole movie. It is, and it's one of those things I would love to see uh, someone on YouTube take a different movie and recut it with the pirate score because I bet it would make that movie recut a hundred times better. Yeah, the very first time I noticed just how prominent and good the score was in this movie was the that early chase scene that led to the sword fight between Will and Jack. Um, but where the chase scene where he's running away, where we get the like theme a little bit kind of played in there, is so good. But yeah, Hans Zimmer fucking rips. This the score is so good. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, you know, we talked about the premise. Uh, you know it. It's so good because it's it's got some super supernatural elements, but just pretty simple. Cursed mm-hmm. pirates, cursed gold. They've got to they've got to reverse this curse. It's it's a very, and again, that's where the where the sequels go off into fucking fairy tale land with uh yeah you know undead pirates and like you know the heart of Davy Jones and Bill Nighy and severe CGI and squid makeup and it's like this is pretty simple like this. It feels like a a pirate ghost story that you would read, you know, like you would, you would read at bedtime. Like it, it could be a, like a thin little book and it'd be like, you know, the yeah. cursed Barbosa's cursed pirates. They stole this Aztec gold. They got cursed with the undead. They had to return all the gold. They were trying to find the last piece. Extremely simple works really, really well. And it had to be simple. I think because like it takes a little while for them to explain, like we don't get much exposition early on. They just kind of throw us right into the shit. Uh, and so if they tried to have some really complicated, convoluted backstory that was leading us through this really like confusing uh, journey for this main character, we'd be so lost because there's very little exposition early on. It's basically just like, hey, here's these characters. They're in the middle of shit already. Um, and so it was I, I was really, really impressed with how how well I was able to keep track of everything because i'm always the guy watching a movie that's like what the fuck is going like i don't they haven't explained any of that um but you're right like this is a simple familiar easy to follow story that kind of like starts to open up and we start to get some exposition later on after we already know these characters after we understand our surrounding so it's it's really really impressive the way that they told the story in this first one and you're right and why the next ones are so bad because they just get you too caught up in the shit later on yeah on the opposite end of the spectrum the strikeout for the worst or most head scratching aspect of this movie this is always tough to find in a movie that's very very good did you have anything i and i I told you i usually use this and and three down for like a chance to ask some questions i didn't have very many because there's not a lot that doesn't work for me everything i feels like gets buttoned up pretty well and everything is pretty well explained at different points uh so i don't 
I don't have a real one. The only thing that I wrote down here, and it was really just like, a, I should write something here. Um, we know that later on in the series, Will Turner's dad is played by Stellan Skarsgård, who looks fucking nothing like Orlando Bloom. They don't look alike, even a little bit. And nope. at one point, they said that he's the sp- that Will is the spitting image of Bootstrap Bill. Don't fucking lie to me. He doesn't look like Stellan Skarsgård. Are you kidding me? That's that's the closest I could get though. Could Alexander Skarsgård have played this played this role? Yeah, I do. Probably been just as good, I think, as Orlando Bloom for sure. I don't know how old he is. I assume he's about the same age as Orlando Bloom. I would guess. Um, yeah, I would I, guess so. Yeah, I I can't imagine a world where he does worse. And not that Orlando Bloom did bad. I just think our Alexander Skarsgård's great. Which that would have been cool having Alexander Skarsgård play Will and then his dad show up as Bootstrap Bill later on. That would have been pretty sick. That would have been good. Uh, my strikeout was so we're we're getting ready for kind of our final battle the end of the movie mm-hmm. Commodore Norrington and his men are outside this, uh, this pirate, you know, this, this treasure cove, uh, yeah. a place that we have been told that the, o- the only people who can get there already know where it is. So mm. it's hard to find. And he sees what they determined to be two women out on a light <laughs> sailing, a little, little rowboat it's in the middle point. of a haunted pirates cove. And he's like, wait, hold your fire. Hold your fire. They're just they're just out they're just out sailing. Are you fucking they put this man in charge of, of military defenses in Port Royal? Yeah, they really played him too, because I think he's just such an honor bound fucking dweeb that he's just like, I listen, I know this is fishy, but I can't fire two ladies. I that's they just I think they played it perfectly because he's a dork and a half. Yeah, I was watching that and I was like, really? You're not even like send one boat over there? Like, hey, j- <laughs> hey, maybe maybe check on those ladies. They might be at least, at the very least, like they're just lost. Like, <laughs> what are you doing, my guy? What does it say about me that I didn't clock that at all? I was like, yeah, two ladies in a rowboat. That makes sense. <laughs> makes perfect sense, guys. So this kind of leads into something I had for three down. Like three three things that didn't work about this movie, which again I, uh-huh. I put in air quotes because I love this movie. Is is the Port Royal posting, like job posting, is that where is is this the place where you'd stash away incompetent relatives in the seventeen hundreds? Like is Governor Governor Ooh. Swan seems like very much someone's nephew. And yeah. is that where it's like, oh, you're going to go be the governor of Port Royal in Jamaica. Congratulations. <laughs> Very important. The new world. Don't get malaria. Have fun, Governor yeah. Swan. And like same for Norrington. Like he's Commodore Norrington. But at this point, he's as far away from England as you could possibly get. Like this seems like. Yeah, Port Royal seems lovely, and like is Jamaica is that very lovely beaches and, and whatnot. But seems like being governor of Port Royal is like being the mayor of a two thousand person town in Tennessee. Right, that's a really good point that I very much didn't think of because it seems important because like there's pirate like there's a hotbed for pirates and so you're gonna have to work really hard and be on your toes. But like, are they really like protecting anything? Is there anything actually important in Port Royal that they have to keep away from pirates, or is it just like a this seems important but is it? Yeah, that's God. That what a good point. Yeah, I, I listen. I, I'm just out here asking questions. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Did you have anything for three down? 
Yeah, I had a couple. Uh, I think Norrington is boring. Oh. I just... Yeah. I think the actor is boring. I think the character is boring. I think his arc is boring. At his moment at the end where he lets them go should be this really interesting character arc moment, I think. Like, that should be a very big, wow, he's really come full circle and realize that there's more to his job and more to life than just his duty and his honor, but it falls flat because he is flat and he's boring. And I don't know. It's, it's partly the actor's fault. It's partly the writer's fault. It's partly because it's hard to be interested in, in a dude wearing a powder wig the entire movie. Um, it's kind of just all of that, but I, I, he sucks. I do not give a single shit about Norrington or any second that he's in this movie. He is one of the few actors and characters who gets better as the series goes on. Like it's kind of he kind of yeah. has a funny little turn in in the second one. He also has probably one of the worst marriage proposals of all time because he has the yeah, quote, really "You bad. have grown into a fine woman." AK like and I get like 1700s different times, but it was like I remember you when you were a preteen before you'd hit puberty, yeah. and wow, you've grown up hot. Let's get married. like motherfucker. What? Yeah. Not only is Norrington just boring as shit, he's also a groomer. So that's and, not and for Elizabeth Dad again. 1700s <laughs> are different times, but Governor Swan's over there like, oh, look at Norrington. Like, have you thought about his proposal? My 17 year old yeah. daughter. It's it's yeah. just so weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only other thing I had for down, it's too long. I think it's it's probably about twenty minutes too long. There there's plenty I think that we could cut there. Um, to to make this just a tight two hour, fun action adventure movie. Uh, but that's not a massive complaint. That's not like a deal breaker. It didn't hurt the score. But if I'm nitpicking, if I'm looking for things that I don't like, it it could certainly be fifteen twenty minutes shorter. Yeah, yeah, I could. Um. My, you know, it's with movies like this, I don't complain as much when they're longer. Um, but yeah, there are there are probably some parts that, that they could cut. Uh, I, ha- I have just a couple more people who are just like not good at stuff. So the uh, yeah. during the attack on Port Royal, uh, Black Pearl shows up, um, you know, a lot of cannon fire. Town is in disarray. The butler at the governor's mansion is like, hmm. I wonder who's at the door and just like walks up and gets shot in the face. Like everyone in the Island knows the shit is going down and he's like, better see who's at the door. Like it could be important. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Who's somebody's being very polite and knocking. This could be the postman. Why don't I go check it? Just come on. Come on, man. Um, The only other thing that this doesn't really have like anything to do with the movie but I was just like, man, I would be so seasick during these these uh, naval battles. Oh, big time. Oh, I, I would just be so useless. Big time. I get I get boat sick, like, just on a regular pontoon boat on a lake. Like, I get seasick. So, yeah, this would be rough. Yeah. Yeah, it would, it would, it would not be fun for me. Um, I also, this is the last thing I have. And, again, it, it isn't something that just doesn't work. I just, it, a good place for a question. Gibbs's career. I'm, I've got a lot of questions because in the beginning of the movie, we see him under the employ seemingly of like the English Navy. He's, he's with him in the, the crossing. He's working yeah. for Admiral Norming, Norrington, but he knows Jack very well, like eight years later. And like when we find him, he's sleeping in pig shit. I'm just, again, 1700s, weird times, but I'm just like, how did he go from, I work for the English Navy in Port Royal to I am very, very friendly with Jack yeah. Sparrow. 
Gibbs is just a go with the flow kind of guy. I think he's just like wandering around waiting for an authority figure to say, here, boy, come here. You know what I mean? He's just the loyal puppy that's like looking for an owner. And that was Jack at one point, and then Jack left, and it's like, I don't know where to go. May as well get a job with the Royal Navy, and then the Royal Navy bails on him, and it's, oh, Jack's back. That's cool. He's just he's just here for a good time, you know? He's probably the least threatening first mate in history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, that that dude doesn't – he doesn't want to be the head coach. He's comfortable yeah. just being, being an offensive assistant. Yeah. Yeah, Gibbs is the coach beard of, of this uh, universe for sure. Oh, we might have to work in a, a Ted Lasso category <laughs> in, in future movies. That's a good which character, which character is Coach Beard? Which character is Airbud? Which character is Coach Beard? We're gonna we're gonna play around with that later later good. in the episode. Uh, let's get into best scene. Uh, okay. I will. I'm gonna kind of run through the nominees for what might be the best scene. Be yeah. Um, and some of these I wrote down, even knowing full well they're not best scene. Like the the intro to this movie is heat. Yeah. The pirate, like finding the blown up ship, Will's in the water. She sees the black pearl. That's an excellent opening to a pirate. Movie. Makes it seem like it's going to be spookier than it is. I think there's definitely a level of spooky, but there there are also lots of oh yeah, this is still kind of a kids movie. That intro was like you know this could get this could get a little spooky here for a minute. Yeah, that was also probably a red flag to anyone who brought their kids. Yeah, like anyone's like oh it's Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean. They're like ooh fuck yeah like yeah <laughs> it might be in trouble yeah. Next one I've got is our introduction to Jack Sparrow, which starts again with that incredible score. Uh, you know, him, it looks like he's on top of a big ship and turns out he is on a sinking, sinking little rowboat. Uh, guides it, that moment of guiding it perfectly into, into the harbor, stepping off, swindling the guy who's trying to pay him to dock his boat. Um, you know, fuck the feds, I think is yeah. Jack Sparrow's kind of uh, mantra there. And it, this, this really goes into, if, if we're calling this a scene, it is like the extended all the way to, you know, saving Elizabeth, the escape, the recapture, like that whole run, I guess from the moment we see Jack, he is basically in, he's got this forward momentum until the, the, the sword fight with Will and the recapture. But if you had to break that up, it's probably Jack arrives at Port Royal and then Jack as you know, saves Elizabeth and, and escapes. Yeah. I, I have listed on my good scenes, but maybe not best scenes. Jack saving Elizabeth and getting away his exit, him running away with the theme playing is one of, one of the scenes that I really, really like. Uh, and then the next thing I've written down is the sword fight between Jack and Will. That's very, very fun. So yeah, I, I guess if you could combine that all easily, but those are both very, very good. The sword yeah. fight's a blast. Really, really fun sword fight. Probably the most fun sword fight of the film. Certainly. Lot, lot of, lot of good stuff there. The, uh, you know, the, the donkey walking around, uh, them yeah. hopping into different levels of the, of the blacksmith shop, like really, really fun. And a cool, that being our first one of, of the movie, like for first little go there. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, the next one I've got the, the black pearl arriving that, mm. that voice Jack Sparrows. It's the pearl. Like, I love that. Yeah. The black pearl at attacking Port Royal. It's intense. It's chaotic. It looks really great. The explosions, the camera work, it looks great. It sounds great. You can, like they do a good job of capturing the chaos that they were trying to bring to that scene and just showing how many different things are going on at once. That seems really, really good. Yeah. It's just a good old fashioned pirate attack. Like yep. 
just a just a classic. Let's raid this city, boys, and I, I love it. This um, question for you: the guys who rolled up on Jack in the prison wouldn't they be fucking flabbergasted? Like they're like he's just like well, 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 Jack Sparrow, like the 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 guys from the Black Pearl. Wouldn't they just be like, oh, holy shit, dude? You'd you think- were. How would you get off that island? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I I think that was probably trying to build up the whole, well, he's Jack Sparrow. He does shit like the legend of Jack Sparrow. You know what I mean? So I think either A, that was an oversight, which is certainly possible, or B, it was just trying to play up. Of course, they're not surprised. He's fucking Jack Sparrow. He does shit like this all the time. Yeah, of course, he found his way off that island. Yeah. Um. This scene follows that scene. I, a, lot of, a lot of early heaters. When Will and Jack steal that ship, the bait and switch dude the bait and switch is great when they again another an incredible uh score moment when they they're they're right they're basically walking on the water uh or they're they're walking on the ocean floor in the boat uh that that theme starting is is delightful it's again it's one it's that lighter theme that i really really enjoy The madness or brilliance. It's remarkable how often those two traits coincide. Yeah, I I love that the the entire bait and switch scene, starting with the the underwater canoe or whatever underwater small boat turned over to breathe, um, getting on to the Dauntless, making it look like they're stealing the bigger ship, bringing all the attention there so that they can take the interceptor, which is the boat they actually wanted because it's smaller they can run it themselves and it's faster that whole scene's so fun yeah yeah uh the battle at sea between the pearl and the interceptor again like just like the pirate raid on port royal good old-fashioned good old-fashioned naval naval fight we had this and master and commander going on in like the same same year run great yeah. time if you love a good battle at sea yeah, this is really fun. The again, the chaos of it, the throwing random shit into a cannon is very fun and feels very pirate. Uh, lots of the monkey in this one, which is always good. So very fun scene. Yeah, uh, really good comedic depth during it. He's yelling yeah. about blowing holes in the ship. One of my favorite lines is when uh, the, he's just he's made his way up to the deck of the Black Pearl, and some guy like flies past him and he just grabs the rope and just calm like thanks very much like it just i really 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 enjoy it yeah him shouting stop blowing holes in my ship while he's under and like trap it's all very fun excellent excellent uh the the sword fight in in the treasure lair like the themes blaring jack and barbosa are fighting uh, you know, Will is, is fighting three different people. We get kind of the, you know, the ending that, you know, Barbosa getting shot, they break the curse kind of, you know, our, our climax, like yeah. just again, another really fun sword fight with a lot of different things going on. Yeah. The big reveal of Jack, like turning himself into a undead or zombie or skeleton or whatever, after he gets that very, very cool moment, the score in this one just is absolutely killer. Lots of very good Barbosa moments, who is just kind of awesome throughout this entire movie. Um, yeah, that scene rules. Yeah, it, it's great. Why did he have an apple in his hand when he died like that? It, 
I know it's, you know, he had made the eating apples thing, like his thing during the movie, but when he dies, he it. falls and he has an apple. I under, I understand that was it, but like, if they're wanting it, they're wanting us to believe that he was going through a sword fight, but he was also like, I cannot lose this apple. I am very hungry. Yeah. If this fight ends and I have lost it, it will be like I've lost twice. Well, his whole deal was that he couldn't eat anything, right? He couldn't eat anything. He couldn't feel anything. He missed eating. He missed drinking. He missed, like, the warmth of people. Uh, and then he finally gets it for a split second, and it's taken away from him. So it's it's tragic, if you think about it. And I guess they just needed, like, that one visual component to show how close he was to getting this thing that he's been working for years to get and this thing that he had just talked about how he was like wishing for and he was desperate for like tasting something or touching something he literally has it in his hand and then he dies before he can get it so it's a, it's a very heavy-handed look how close he was look how tragic this was but i'm dumb and it worked on me so. <laughs> uh the last thing i've got is just our finale J- you know jack escaping at the end mainly for two reasons uh one is the uh not the executioner but whoever is reading off jack's sentencing and his list of crimes mm-hmm. the list of crimes is amusing you know impersonating a cleric of the church of england uh you know jack's very bemused about that and then that end shot you know the bring me that horizon he's got the compass like that mm-hmm. rules and it's like oh man we're about to get a bunch of awesome sequels to this and it's like oh Bring me that horizon. And really bad eggs. Drink up, me hearty Joe Ho. Yeah, oh, this is the best, huh? Man, it, I, I yeah, love that end, end, though. End scene's very good. Orlando Bloom looks killer in that last scene, by the way, with that like old school classic pirate curved whatever hat Carmen San Diego looking ass hat. Yeah, I don't so I don't think <laughs> he owned that beforehand. So it's like they got back after this yeah. adventure and he's like got to got to buy my Sunday best. Got to you know got got to yeah. impress folks when I when I try to help this pirate escape the death penalty. <laughs> Yeah, he's decided he finally wants to be a pirate and just goes so fucking hard on the wardrobe of what he thinks is a pirate. <laughs> it's so good. What is uh what is the best scene in this movie? My best scene and it 95% of it is cool factor alone. It's the undead pirates walking underwater to storm the Dauntless and then morphing into skeletons as they rise out of the water and then the ensuing fight right after that. Cool factor alone, the shot the the score, the dark, the darkness of them being underwater at night where they're just walking, just like menacingly storming towards the Dauntless, walking at the bottom of the ocean. So fucking sick. I love that scene. That so was much. a great, great payoff. Yeah. For the whole, like, what what can they do with the skeleton thing? Cause we've seen them be, you know, the raid on Port Royal, they, you know, they wreck shop. No one's, you know, they're, they're like last year's and the year before's Georgia team. Like not, yeah. not a lot getting in front of them, but that was, that was the most su- like supernatural intimidation factor. And it really, really enjoyable. Yeah. That that's my best scene for sure. And it's entirely just cause it was really fucking cool. Yeah. I, I think I am going Jack's escape into the sword fight, like uh, mm-hmm. Jack saving Elizabeth into the sword fight with Will. 
because yeah. that's that's I I like the moment where he actually where they, you know, Norrington figures out he's a pirate and you know that he's Jack Sparrow. I I enjoy that, and then we've only seen him be this kind of weird aloof guy he saves elizabeth and then suddenly right away it's like oh he's he's a threat and he mm-hmm. you know he gets away has this great sword fight that that's the most i think fun to me I, I i just really i always go back to to rewatching that one yeah i'm with you that's a blast really cool uh not intro but sort of like we're finally getting a little more details about these characters that are about to be a big deal for this entire movie and this entire series um, that's those are the first kind of like big deal moments for them. So I'm with you. Good moments. What is the best quote in this movie? There's a few that I have written down. The you're without a doubt the worst pirate I've ever heard of, but you've heard of me is very good. Um, iconic Jack Sparrow line. Uh, gentlemen, you'll always remember this is the day you almost caught Captain Jack Sparrow. Another iconic moment. Uh, now bring me that horizon at the end is very good. Uh, but I think there's only one real answer, I think, and it's you best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner, you're in one. I feel nothing. Not the wind on my face, nor the spray of the sea, nor the warmth of a woman's flesh. You best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one. That's that's perfect. The way it was delivered. The what happened in that moment where he we get the reveal that they're freaking skeletons. It's just everything about that moment is so yeah, good. Yeah, it's it's sick. Like right that's Rush being that quintessential pirate, evil pirate captain. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I want to throw my hat in the ring for just the word parlay as as best quote. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty pretty good. Um, why is the rum gone as well? A, a good one. Why is Ram God's very yeah. good? Yeah, iconic. Probably the most quoted. I feel like at this point, the most easily brought into everyday life. So the yeah, the only thing that is more beat to death than just Jack Sparrow in general is why is the mm-hmm. rum gone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every party that I've ever been to in my entire life, someone has said why is. The and rum really, gone? like so, very okay. few people drink that much rum. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It's like the least used spirit. Um, so th- this category, there's actually quite a few, quite a few nominees mm-hmm. here for most athletic moment. This is a very yeah. athletic movie, actually. I've got two that that kind of stuck out to me. The first one, you know the 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 stupid one eyed pirate, yes. the really skinny one with the dumb yes. haircut. When they're during the storming of Port Royal, when they're trying to capture Elizabeth, at one point he jumps from the second level of that big house and perfectly sticks the landing on the first level. He doesn't wobble. He doesn't say ouch. He doesn't stumble. He perfectly sticks the landing, which would be so hard. That takes so much athleticism to know. Got to think that one of his descendants was Carrie Strong. Like, with, without a doubt. <laughs> got it, dude. How... How else does he just nail that landing? Uh, but my pick for this is the perfect sword throw to give Jack something to stand on when he was being hanged. Takes such a wild amount of hand-eye coordination and athleticism and strength. And he does that twice in the movie. He also does that during the sword fight early on where he does that sword throw. And I can't imagine throwing a sword and like a dart and getting it to stick is an easy thing. Um, so that's my pick for most. Again, like moment. Will Turner's descendants probably through 95. <laughs> 
Like it's just in- incredible, yeah. incredible moves. I would say every sword fight, everything Jack does to escape his initial, I mean, I guess both, both mm-hmm. times he needs to escape, but initially after he threatens Elizabeth, like it is, it's parkour he's swinging on ropes. He's, I mean, he's sprinting, he's doing a lot of climbing really really amazing stuff like he would have jack sparrow would have killed it on american ninja warrior (laughs) yeah would he though like i feel like if he's not being actively chased by someone who wants to kill him i i don't think he's doing any of that stuff like i that's that's got to be all like adrenaline and booze fueled uh like falling into lucky moments like impressive uh not as impressive as later on in the series him like running on that water wheel yes oh yeah that i mean that's that's where the the series got a little more outlandish but that part is fun yeah yeah probably most athletic moment of the series for me if i if i remember um, but yeah, I, I, th- I think if someone's not like trying to murder him on American Ninja warrior, he's not finishing that course. That, that's close. a fair point. Um, another a nominee for most athletic moment is Elizabeth walks the plank and swims. What looks like a mile to an <laughs> Island in a big ass dress. I would have drowned. Yeah. I would have given up. Yeah. I'd be dead for sure. No chance. No chance. Um, Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character. Couple this nominees. is easy. Well, okay, hit me with yours then. It's Captain Barbosa, and I don't think th- I don't think there's a close second. Was gonna ask, was gonna ask. So I'm a little rusty, actually. Usually we say, you know, who who's in the movie too much. So obviously Jack Sparrow, mm-hmm. Will Turner, yeah, uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Swan. Yeah. So is is Barbosa in the movie too much? He's our main villain. Ooh. He's our main bad guy. Yeah, but I mean he's not he's not in it at all in the beginning while we're meeting kind of the main characters. Um we get a lot of stuff like Jack in prison breaking him out of prison. Um we get a lot of stuff that's not with him. Um and he's also like I know he's in the later movies, but he does get kind of like phased out. So I it, is he in it too much? Can I make it, can cutoff? I make an argument for him being in it too much? Okay, I yeah. would bet he has the fourth most dialogue. If I had to guess, I would bet it is. Yeah, I would bet it is Depp, Bloom, Knightley, and then Jeffrey Rush. Yeah, that's certainly true. The governor doesn't have nearly as much. Norrington doesn't have nearly as much. Yeah, because we've kind of operated on this different than like if if you were if you were submitting this movie to the Oscars, obviously he'd be nominated as supporting actor. But really looking at someone who's off point. the poster. Um, a little more under the radar. So, like, my nominees were uh, Kevin McNally as Mr. Gibbs. Uh, he is, like, the yeah. classic pirate. He is he is essentially a little more straight-laced Mr. Smee from Peter Pan. Like, he's basically he's yeah. basically Mr. Smee. Uh, so, uh, Pintel and Rigetti, who are the two guys who get done in by Parlay, like our comic relief... Um, you know, mm-hmm. they're in it. Uh, Zoe Saldana is Anna Maria. Cause like, I would just, I would just take him. I, I feel like she's not. Yeah. I, I, I would just take, <laughs> I feel like she's her. not in it enough. Yeah, no, not nearly enough. Not for both, gotcha. both probably for this award and just for my, for my personal taste. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very, fully, very much agree. That's the problem I have is like it, it, 
I'm with you that Barbosa might be in it too much. If you take him out of it, though, there's not really anybody else that I'm like, yeah, that person rule the monkey. Oh, the monkey's an interesting. Maybe the pick. monkey. The monkey rules. Yeah. It's a very fun every time it's on screen, except for the time it turns into a skeleton zombie monkey. That's the scariest shit I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, the I, monkey's I kind like of awesome though. I'm not giving it to the one-eyed guy and his stupid friend. I can't do it. I don't have it. Yeah. In me. I am going with Mr. Gibbs. I enjoy Mr. Gibbs. He seems like he, he, he's just born for this shit. He's just born to be Jack Sparrow's backup. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. He yeah. is, uh, I mean, you pull a man out of pig shit, then you're kind of bound to him, you know? Yeah, I want, man, that scene, like those pigs looked real. He's <laughs> just napping on a pig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, man, and and shout out to uh, shout out to Caroline Darney on this one, who is obviously not in this episode. The Peter Gallagher Award for the hottest person in this movie. Now, a fun caveat that we mentioned earlier: mm-hmm. Karen Knightley, seventeen when they filmed yeah. this, ineligible for this category. We're not going to jail. Um, I want to read off a quote. A- quote: Admiral Norrington, comma, kind of hot. End quote. My <laughs> wife. So, um, <laughs> I can see it. That's, yeah, that's there. I, I think this is a two person race. Me too. Uh, on, on, this is Orlando Bloom versus Zoe Saldana. Correct. And I would probably give it to Orlando Bloom because he is hot for more. He is hot for more. Um, Zoe Saldana is hot the entire time she's in it, though. There are moments Orlando Bloom is in this movie that I like, he's not looking very good right there. Zoe Saldana's batting a thousand. Uh, in less screen she's time she's wearing like that floppy ass yeah. cap and it's just like yeah I, I, that woman is perfect she's hot as hell the only problem with Zoe Saldana now is I now I see her and I think of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 mm. and I just want to heave tears <laughs> that's a fair point I haven't seen it still I still haven't seen Buddy. Guardians 3 I, cause I, I know Ooh. I'm gonna cry and I don't fully wanna cry in public it's whew. yeah <laughs> ah god bless um yeah we, we're just gonna have to move on yeah, i think you go orlando bloom i'm going zoe saldana because really they both deserve it yeah that's you know that's two winners right there mm-hmm. uh best time worst time who had the best time who had the worst time this is tough because there's not very many people in this movie having a good time um, there's an argument to be made for Jack because he's not doing great but he's too hammered to actually ever have a bad time and he's also just like yeah, he lives in his own little head so much that, like, no matter what happens to him, he's always still Jack Sparrow. Um, I'm going with Cotton. Cotton is the pirate that doesn't have a tongue and has a parrot that speaks for him. Uh, nobody ever gets mad at Cotton. He's the only person in the movie nobody ever gets mad at. He just goes about his work, He and he does it all with a really cool pet parrot that does all his talking for him. Does it suck? He doesn't have a tongue anymore. Yes, for sure. It also gives him a lot more leeway on that ship than anybody else is awarded. So I'm going Cotton. That's true. He also just doesn't have a tongue. And like, that's tough. It's a fair point. My best time was Mr. Gibbs. Because one, is he having a good time? He literally like was sleeping in pig shit. That's what I'm saying, though. The come up that when they find him. In the beginning of the movie, he's sleeping with pigs. By the end of the movie, he is the first mate on the fastest pirate ship in the Caribbean. He is having a fucking amazing... And he's like, 
he's so happy to be back in the shit. Like think of like when he's like trading, you know, drinking a pint with Jack and Tortuga. Yeah. He look at it, the light in his eyes. Like he is thrilled, man. Cause like he woke up that day or he went to sleep next to pigs. Like he is in pig shit. It has got to be the lowest of the low. Twenty minutes later, he is back in the employ of Jack Sparrow, who he thinks walks on water. That's a good point. That guy is having a great time. It's a good point. If we're going by that, though, if we're going by like where they started versus how they ended, it might be Will Turner. When he starts the movie, he's the apprentice for the shittiest blacksmith of all time, who just sleeps all day and takes credit for all of his hard work. At the end of the movie, he's like first mate on a cool pirate ship, and he got the girl that he's been pining over his entire life. Yeah, although I don't, I think they just stay in Port Royal. I think that's, I believe the second movie opens with their wedding getting busted up, but they're yeah. like in in Port Royal. But yeah, at, I mean, at he, the end of this movie, he does though, have he's on time. a he's on a ship where he's the first mate with with his girl by him, so. He, he ends up having a much better time than when he started, but he also has a terrible time throughout the entire movie, so it feels weird giving it to him. Yeah, he does. I think the answer is Jack, though. I think the answer is Jack, Jack Sparrow, just because he is he exists in his own head. Yeah. I Jack probably had a bad time when he was marooned, on like when the mutiny and the maroon, and since then, he's been just perma-buzzed where he can't have, yeah. a, can't have a bad time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, worst time, and I think we're probably gonna exclude Barbosa in this, like getting yeah. shot, dying at the end, like it's a bummer. Commodore Norrington has a fucking mm. terrible, terrible time, and it only gets worse as the movies go on. Yeah, that that's a good pick. Had him written down for a little while. I'm going with Rigetti, the one-eyed pirate. Um, he's. He's a one-eyed, creepy pirate. He's got a very loud, very dumb friend. He keeps losing his eye over and over again, which seems to be his most prized possession, his fake eye. They keep being stopped by parlay. Every time they get close to doing something right, doing good at their job, achieving something, they get stopped by this stupid technicality. They're permanently covered in dirt and grease and grime and gunpowder and oil and whatever the hell else. Uh, they're literally undead. Yeah, uh, that, I, that part stinks. He, that dude is having a bad, bad time. Bad, bad, bad time. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right there. I think that's that's as good a good a choice as any. I mean, all the Black Pearl pirates are in a in a yeah. rough shape in general. Um, yeah, having a bad time. The Keith Morrison Award for what would the Dateline episode about this movie be? You told me you had something. This. Uh, it, it's not great. It did. It took me a little while. I've, I'd have a really hard time coming up with this, partially because I've. I think I've seen one episode of Dateline in my entire life, so that didn't. Yeah, this help. is definitely more Caroline's uh, wheelhouse. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Will Turner goes from kindly, hardworking blacksmith apprentice to a life of piracy after learning of his father's infamous pirate career. That's that's pretty good. A story there. That's pretty good. I I like that. I think there's a story yeah. there. Yeah. My only one was something having to do with uh, Swan marrying his daughter off to a grown man. Um, yeah. Yeah, that sucks. But it's also, I feel like, who wasn't doing that's, that then? That's you exactly know? a sign of the times. Throw a stone and f- throw a stone and find five women who got married off by their daughter for money or for political And gain. we think about who's around in Port Royal. Not many people. Yeah. <laughs> Not the many. pool is slim. 
Uh, <laughs> roster moves. Which character should be... Okay, we're going to do which character should be Airbud and which character should be uh-huh. Beard. Coach Beard. Gibbs' Beard. That feels... That feels easy. Loyal sidekick who doesn't want to be the head. Yeah, but in terms of vibes, Beard is Jack Sparrow. Oh, yeah. Beard is Jack Sparrow in terms of vibes for sure. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Okay, now I I can't stop picturing Beard, who I feel like I can easily imagine him wearing a full Jack Sparrow getup and doing the run. I'm picturing it perfectly in my head, and now that's obviously the correct answer. Yeah. Uh, Who is Air Bud? I, the easy answer is probably the monkey or there's literally a dog in this movie. I'm going with Norrington because he's so boring and <laughs> I need a little bit of spice to that character. I need something. I need an interesting wrinkle with boring ass Norrington uh, in this because I, I, I know he gets better. He gets more interesting later on. He's such a just bland ass piece of milk toast this entire movie that i think if you replace him with a dog i'm like eight to twelve percent more interested you need sure. Airbud proposing to Kier knightley at the beginning of the movie telling her she's grown into a fine woman tell me that wouldn't be so much more interesting than norrington proposing to Kier knightley would be pretty good would it would would be would be very <laughs> so very entertaining um so much better gibbs could also be a fun gibbs would be a fun Airbud. uh Barbosa would be a fun Airbud. If Barbo if Airbud is our villain and he's just like yeah, and Whoa. he's having that that creepy dinner with with uh with Elizabeth on, on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes me really uncomfortable. Airbud saying you have to wear this to dinner with me. And then we get skeleton Airbud at certain times. That's Oh shit. Could be fire. That'd be terrifying. That'd be so much scarier than that. I, I think so too. Uh, go, yeah, skeleton dog. Um, okay, the big chill. Does this movie have a big chill? No, I I wrote down the he didn't waste it, and then the apple falls from his hand at the end because that's the closest we get to a big chill. But I don't think yeah, I has one. I tried to force it. I tried to like is this yeah. I, I really but I I've never and there there's certainly like getting away getting away from the facade of like you know are all movies are sports movies there are non sports movies with legitimate like huge big chill moments this one i just don't i don't think has yeah. one it doesn't i that the what i wrote down the that he didn't waste it was like what they tried and what they really wanted to make the big chill moment and what i was trying to force to be the big yeah there's not it just and that's okay they don't all have to have one yeah uh, final category before more restore. Now this is, th- yeah. So obviously there have already been a bunch of sequels. Um, mm-hmm. it's like they seem to be getting progressively worse reviewed. Plus, yeah. So I I believe the last one was 2017 Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Men Tell No Tales. That has a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, if I am not mistaken. That is the one where Javier Bardem, they got Javier Bardem in, I think. Um, I think so. I haven't I haven't seen the last two because I got progressively. It's the same thing with Transformers. Like, started out interesting, got way less interested as it went on. And yeah, just and the them. other thing is Johnny Depp is kind of cooked. 
Like, I don't think people want to touch yeah. him just because of what's going on with his personal life. And it has been a long time yeah. since he has made a a really good movie. Um, yeah. So because I don't, wa- I don't need or want more depth, but I do always need and want more pirate themed movies. I'm gonna say restore. I don't need a remake of these exact movies. I don't even necessarily need it to be in the Pirates of the Caribbean like world or whatever. So I guess I'm kind of cheating in saying like I want more cool, pi- fun pirate movies, um, not with not Johnny Depp in it. I actually think a prequel would have legs. Now, and and, and I could actually see Disney doing it too. Now, the thing with the prequel is you have to not cast Johnny Depp and do like de-aging. You have got to fucking, you just find someone who like, you are 20 year old or like 22 year old, just got to the Black Pearl, Jack Sparrow. Maybe you are first mate Jack Sparrow. Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. I like see I like where your head's at. I just I I was yeah. like yes, and then I was like, but he's already doing the Willy Wonka thing. I don't know if he could do that too. Oh, um, he's just replacing. He just keeps he just doing. Keeps, pre- I completely forgot about the Willy Wonka thing. Holy shit! Yeah, that's gonna be a thing. <laughs> gonna be a thing. So, but but yeah, that someone someone so, like what that. about that? What about that gangly ass kid from Stranger Things? No, I don't. Finn yeah, he yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure he's got it because it's got a. Um, it's kind of boring. It's so here's boring. the thing, Jack Sparrow. We find an editor too. Jack Sparrow fucks. Got to be someone who fucks. Yeah. Yeah, Finn Wolfhard doesn't fuck. Like, and and listen, like <laughs> fucking is a vibe. Like, it's not just like we're not just like like physically <laughs> this guy. Like Jack Sparrow fucks. Like Finn Wolfhard, like yeah, he's you know he's a young Hollywood kid. Finn Wolfhard is probably like yeah, he's probably knocking him down. But there's a difference. Like, like Pete Davidson fucks. Pete Davidson could be Jack Sparrow, but it's like it's got to be someone like Can- that. <laughs> okay, I have two things here. Uh, one, uh, I, I, fucking is a vibe. Merch went. <laughs> I mean, get, get the t-shirts, get the bumper stickers, get them for sale immediately. If please. if. Multiple patrons come to me at the after this episode and say "fucking is a vibe" t shirt. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> "Fucking is a vibe" is actually that uh, is actually a great t shirt. It's very good, it's a really great t shirt. Very good. <laughs> um, I do you think if you made him shave his face, Daniel Radcliffe could be like twenty four year old Jack Sparrow? Oh. He's weird. He's weird. Yeah. I think. Like, oh man, he could he could buy into that manic Jack Sparrow energy pretty. Easily. Okay, so I love this, but I think he is he is not that far away from Johnny Depp's age in the first Pirates yeah. movie. But but maybe two thousand three. When was Johnny Depp born? Uh. Well, Johnny Depp was 40. Yeah, Johnny Depp was 40 when this movie came out. Daniel Radcliffe is 33. Damn, he's only 33. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he was uh, like 11 when the Harry Potter movie started, so he's been around for a minute. You know, he could definitely do it. Like he he could yeah. definitely do, man, that would that would actually be really good. I would It'd be pretty sick. Yeah. He's such a little weirdo in like a very fun way. Oh, yeah. I I think he is he is really 
ridden the child star thing out in a in a, in a quality way. Like it seems to have it yeah. found a lot of comfort within himself, which I think is cool. Um, yeah, man, I'm all in on that. Uh, all in on that. But um, man, I'm I'm glad we did this movie. This movie is a lot of fun. I would like to thank the Big Screen Sports patrons for voting this one in. Uh, having us talk about this, Danny. Tell the folks where can they follow you? Where can they support the rankings as well? Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We don't really use Twitter anymore. Follow us on Instagram at Rank Kings Pod. Um, there's two K's in the middle. It's Rank Kings. Um, join our Discord. It's free. Uh, if you go to any episode that we've done, if you go to our social media pages, you can find the link to our free Discord. Uh, and we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash the Rank Kings Podcast. We give you an extra bonus episode a month. Uh, I'll occasionally mail out stuff like stickers. We've got a specific channel in the Discord for patrons where you guys can like tell me episodes that I have to do with with my co-host Ty. There's a chance for you to be a guest host uh, and uh, or like a guest judge on an episode where you can pick our lists. Um, we're always taking episode ideas. Just come hang. And if you enjoy this episode of Big Screen Sports, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate and leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. If you want to support the show, that's patreon.com slash sports. If you're a baseball fan, check out my interview series from Fiend of the Farm. That's presented by Baseball America. And we will catch you next week with our long-awaited Ted Lasso full series retrospective episode. See you then. Thanks for listening.